0: everybody thanks for joining us today my name is ken swanson this is the ap laboratory it's the middle of the week and we are continuing our positional reviews we're going to talk about the safeties and uh, we're going to talk about how they did in 2019 and a look ahead to the future as well here to help me do that first find him on twitter at chief in carolina maddie lane maddie lane what would you do with 177 dollars if that's all you had left
1: man i would have one heck of a lunch tomorrow I, that is what i would do with 177 mean, like what else can i do right now i'm not allowed to go anywhere tried to go run some errands today and pick up some stuff and everything's closed which you know good social distancing stay away from people but 177 bucks all i can do is have one fantastic lunch with no carbohydrates because we do not want to just eat rice kent oh bummer all right, Craig, what would you do with $177? And the answer cannot be building anything or going back to the future.
2: Okay. Uh, I'm going to buy a keg of King Sue. That's what I'm going to do with $177. And I'm going to drink that. And when it's gone... I just let this whole thing take me. Just, <laughs> just be done with it all.
1: The least surprising thing about all of this is Craig knows exactly how much a
2: keg yes. of King Sue he, he probably got. He has costs. it down to the penny. He knows not down to the penny, not exactly. He knows. But I got, I got a rough estimate.
0: Yeah, the, the Chiefs have uh, they've socially distanced themselves from all of their cap space. Uh, they're doing their part. No, they
2: haven't. They're right up against it. <laughs> They—they're no, doing the their absolute. Cap space. Up. Oh, all the they of their cap des- space. Right. You're separated.
0: You're right. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean it works both ways. Like I, <laughs> I'm probably wrong. What's not wrong is liking the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. If you like what we're doing, please feel free to leave a five star review. Hit the subscribe button. We are still giving you three shows a week here on the Arrowhead Pride pod, Podcast channel. Two labs, one draft show. We would love for you to, uh, to keep checking this out. Uh, and the KC Draft Guide releases next week. Very excited about that. Uh, if you want to get in on the championship edition, uh, pre-order at gum.co slash KC Draft Guide 2020. Promo code COUNTDOWN gets it to you for seven ninety nine. That might be the last time we advertise a promo code. So you could. put I'm not we're probably going to leave it open anyway, though. Just there's there's your hint for the listeners. All right. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> um, let's talk about the 2019 Chiefs. There are they, you know what? They they take the time to listen to us. We're going to keep, you know, nudging them in that direction. Uh, Craig, how did the safeties do in 2019?
2: The safeties are arguably the strongest position group on the entire Roster outside of quarterback because it's got the best player in the world. Honey Badger was awesome. Juan Thornhill played fantastic for a rookie and was really growing into his own. Dan Sorensen might have had his best year yet of his career. I mean, he, they got a lot out of Dan Sorensen. And then Kendall Fuller had to rotate back as a safety and look pretty damn good. So I, I thought that they did well.
1: There's just nothing you can really complain about from the safety room. I think Juan Thornhill came along very quickly. I mean, like, you know, if you guys listened, bought the draft guy last year, you knew all about Juan Thornhill. But those that didn't, they got a nice big surprise. Juan Thornhill came in. He got going quickly. He was phenomenal up until his injury. The Chiefs were even able to supplement that with Kendall Fuller, a little bit Armani Watts, Dan Sorensen later in the year after Thornhill went down. And then Tyron Matthew played deep in the slot he played in the box like he was everywhere and he was great at all of it and I think you just saw as the year went on how his versatility and Juan Thornhill's versatility allowed the Chiefs defensive coaching staff to just start to do a bunch of different stuff and it really worked out and low-key I think the Chiefs safety group was like Craig said probably the second best unit on the entire team and I think it really allowed the defense to get things going towards the end of the year
0: I think the reason that the Chiefs were able to get away with what they had at cornerback was largely because of the exceptional safety group that they had. Uh, have to be geeked out about that group. Uh, I, I loved watching them play, and I love the stuff Steve Spagnolo did with them. Some of the most creative um, you know, coverage disguises. It was really a, a treat to watch as a quarterback. I really appreciate it. I would hate to go up against it. Um, biggest surprise, Maddie. I think
1: Kendall Fuller's mind, just that transition from cornerback to safety. And I think when he came back from his injury and Tyron Matthew kind of took over that slot cornerback type role, you were looking for a way to get Kendall Fuller back on the field because he was talented. And they started working him back in as the hybrid other slot defender, played some, you know, did some drop in deep, played some safety zone looks, but also still played corner. When Thornhill went down and Kendall Fuller had to step into that role, I mean, like that was pivotal to the Chiefs not only getting to the Super Bowl, but winning it. He had his best game of the year probably in the Super Bowl. He looked great as a safety. He earned himself a huge contract. But without Kendall Fuller's ability to slide in to play full-time safety after that hybrid role, I don't think the Chiefs come home with the world champions. I mean, that's got to be the biggest surprise. I didn't see it coming.
0: Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. Um, I think that's probably where I would go. Uh, with all this, I think you know. I think it's a big surprise at how quickly and how high a level of play the safety group had. Like I thought it was going to be good, but it yeah, it arguably it arguably was like the second best most or second best position group on this football team outside of Patrick LeVon, Holmes. It really was. It was. It was. It was a great group, and and they exceeded a lot of expectations for me. Uh, And I, it's not that I had low expectations. I really liked Juan Thornhill. I really liked the signing of Tyron Matthew and it exceeded them. It really did.
2: Yeah, uh, but clearly the answer here is that Dan Sorensen showed swagger. That was the biggest surprise <laughs> of the entire 2019 season. Sorry, no, no, I got to cut you off. Sorensen calls that confidence, not swagger. Oh, no. Oh. I, the, my man pointed to his head and the talked Texans about game. how smart he was. The oh, Texans game. The, the, you know? Dan,
0: the most Dan Sorensen thing, though, it was a special teams play.
2: I love it. <laughs> it I play. love it. I I do not care I love it so much Dan Sorensen yes
0: he was so uncomfortable doing it like you could tell like he was like he was he was moving from the elbow like Tyron's kind of moving from the wrist when he does it Dan was like moving from the elbow like
2: I am smart look at
0: me hashtag championship
2: swagger (laughs) you know that when Dan came (laughs) off the field there Tyron was the very first person to run up to him and be excited I that know. he did that. Uh, it, it's it's great. It's, it's so amazing. good.
0: I it, it literally it was it was an amazing moment. I am not taking <laughs> the away from Dan Sorensen. It's funnier. It's like your dad going out on the dance floor. Like that's yes. what it is. He's Q tipping, he's Q tipping, he's throwing it away. That's that was Dan Sorensen, and it was it was a delight. I watched that game the other day. I've watched a lot of Chiefs football. <laughs> Just repeats. Been going back. Uh, okay, the biggest disappointments. The biggest disappointment for me is that Juan Thornhill didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. That's really it for me. I I was so bummed about that. The Chiefs had a first-round pick last year. His name was Juan Thornhill. That man is on his way to really good things. It, it, well, we'll talk about the future in a second, but that's me. For me, I was really bummed that I didn't get to see Juan Thornhill. We all were... We're deprived of getting to see Juan Thornhill play in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah,
1: biggest disappointment. I'm going to go Armani Watts, and I don't even know if it's necessarily his fault. He just got better in the depth chart by better players, but I liked, I was hoping to see him kind of take a step forward. When you had Juan Thornhill go down, I was hoping that Armani Watts could take over in that role, even though I don't particularly like him as a deep safety. He clearly got beat out by Kendall Fuller. Throughout the season, you were maybe hoping Armani Watts could upseat Dan Sorensen as the you know, second box safety behind Tyron Matthew. That clearly never happened. It's just like He never really materialized into anything in like, a pivotal part of the Chiefs defense on the field. And again, part of it's not his fault. He's in a very crowded, very talented safety room. But I really did want to see him take a big step forward and kind of prove – me wrong because I this is he's been kind of what I thought he was gonna be in the NFL so far. A special teams, not even rotational, but backup player. I was hoping that he would prove me wrong at this point in time. I just I'm not seeing it from him yet. And so I think I'm starting to kind of have just to come back and say, yeah, he's probably kind of my guy that I thought he was. Oh no. I'm gonna hang up this call right
2: now. The the last Lucas locomotive shout out on this podcast nah, I can't promise that but that, <laughs> that it was a disappointment we we loved jordan lucas we loved the kind of shining bright moments that he had when the safety group was frankly terrible and then the safety group got a lot better, and Jordan Lucas did not make that transition. And he struggled to get on the field. He struggled to make an impact under Steve Spagnolo and to understand everything that he needed to do to get on the field. When he did get on the field, it didn't look good. So I, that was a little bit of a disappointment. We kind of hope that him as a player, just because we like him so much, was going to be able to make that transition, take the step forward.
0: All righty. Reason for optimism moving forward, Craig.
2: Tyron Matthew is in that room, and he is the Defensive Player of the Year. That's the reason for optimism going Uh forward. He is the leader of this defense. I, I wrote about him when they signed him, and I had high hopes for Tyron Matthew, and he exceeded them in about week five and then just kept going from that point on. Tyron Matthew was ludicrous. He transitioned into a slot cornerback, was amazing as a slot cornerback, was fantastic getting everybody on that team on the same page. They all embraced him. Dan Sorensen embraced him even. Uh, This group, is going to be largely the same group of guys that contributed in big ways for this team in 2019, but they're going to be better because Tyron Matthews is gonna be here another year. Juan Thornhill is gonna be here another year. Yes, even Dan Sorensen's here another year. There's reason to think that the safety group that was the second strongest group on the team is probably going to be an even better group in 2020.
0: All right, I'll take that hype. I'll one-up the hype. The reason for optimism is the Kansas City Chiefs have the best safety duo in the National Football League in 2020. Juan Thornhill has been called by his teammates... T5 or 5 T5 junior or something like that. They have high expectations for Juan Thornhill. They are comping him to Tyron Matthew. They are talking about the same kind of stuff, the same kind of of, of opinion that they hold Tyron Matthew and they hold Juan Thornhill in. It is going to be nasty next year, especially if they do one of the things that we think they might potentially do in the draft that could be even more fun the chiefs have the best safety group in the national football league and they have the best quarterback in the national football league i'm done
1: i just want you to say the nickname
0: one more time i forgot it it's like t5 junior or something Is like that not just young five young, young five, five. <laughs> okay i got i got too excited
1: Okay, this is like the young five the anti-Rant Swanson here. Um, the Shut re- up, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> My reason for optimism moving forward is actually Steve Spagnuolo, Dave Merritt, and Sam Madison. What they've been able to do with this entire defensive backroom has been amazing, but specifically the safeties later in the year. You saw these guys. You had slot guys lined up as slot corners dropping to the deep center field position, dropping to opposite field, like hat playing split field safeties at the end. These guys are dropping from everywhere. You have safeties crashing down to pick up slot receivers playing man coverage or playing an underneath zone. Like just the amount of disguise and trickeration, essentially, that they were able to put into their coverage teams later in the year once they started to get some continuity, knowing where guys were going to line up was through the roofs. I think that's only going to be even more. So this next season, seeing more of that stuff happen, I think, and obviously you stack it on top of having Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill are versatile enough to do everything and as talented as they are. But that is exactly what I want to look, see going forward. I want as much Amoeba secondary action as we can possibly get. It all starts with the safeties.
0: All right. Current 2020 outlook, Maddie, we've got, uh, Daniel Sorensen, Armani Watts, Juan Thornhill, uh, aka Young five and Tyron Matthew on the roster. What's the outlook looking for you?
1: I mean, I think you already covered it. Best safety tandem in the NFL, the let's go. Daniel Sorensen played very well in his time linebacker, you know, like backup box safety kind of role. I do think they need to find a way to replace Kendall Fuller. I don't feel confident in it being Armani Watts, but they need somebody that come in and replace that. And there's plenty of options to do that. But even if not, your safeties one through three are just right up there with anybody else in the NFL. Like you're feeling good about the safety room. I would love to see them continue to add talent to it though, because like I said, Amoeba secondaries All day for me We've had enough Of your amoeba fronts And stuff like that Bill Belichick We're moving on To the next level We're changing the game And the back end Not just in the defensive line
2: uh, Yeah I agree With absolutely all of that I don't have anything More to add Other than I think we all – how good Tyron Matthew was. (laughs) Like, I I can't – like, arguably his best play of the year was him defending a crack sweep against Indy. Everybody wants to forget that game, and that was the one of the quickest processing plays that he had all year, knifing into the background. When Indy was just dominating the Chiefs on the ground, he came up with a stop forced a field goal, allowed the Chiefs to even hang into that game, and a game that, frankly, they were playing terrible all over. So, I just – Guys, as long as he's leading your defense, you're good.
0: Yep. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will look at the free agent market and the draft at safety right after this.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
0: We are continuing our position profiles. We are on the safeties. We've looked at 2019. Time to look at 2020. And uh, free agency is kind of, you know, it's kind of dwindling down here a little bit. And normally, we do a, a, a top-tier guy and a mid-tier guy. But for safeties, because of the market and because of how late the free agency are, we are, we're doing a mid-tier and a low-tier guy. And our mid-tier guy, Maddie, is Demarius Randall.
1: Yeah. And he's coming off of a two year, I think it was like 11, 10 to $11 million deal with the Cleveland Browns. He played quite well. He's there. He's only 27 years old. So this late in free agency, I think he we kind of slated him as a mid tier, but if it was early in free agency, I would have no problem trying to say that Randall might be a high tier safety just because he is that versatile. He can play a little in the box. He can play a little deep, give you a little man coverage. I don't know if he's elite at any of it, but he's competent at all these different roles. He's a guy that I think will have plenty of interest in the NFL free agency. I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't found a home yet. I don't know if he's holding out for specific money or if since Trey Boston did get a deal, somebody has to take that annual role of waiting until like August to sign a deal and then go be a good player for a football team. But Demarius Randle a guy that could easily come in. He would fit right in with that versatility of Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, give all those disguises, and he'd be able to be played all over the field. So I mean, he's a guy, if you're willing to spend the money on him, that he'd be definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, he's a nice little compliment, complimentary piece to what they already have. It is a little bit surprising to see that he has not found a home yet. Uh, he's one of the, I mean, Safety, I think, is kind of one of those positions that, you know, has a hard time. Some of these players have a hard time finding home. Like you said, Trey Boston is a prime example. I don't know why he doesn't have a team yet, but he's, he's a guy to keep an eye on for sure.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. And and the Packers, when they drafted him in 2015, they wanted him to play corner. Actually, they had him play corner for a while. So he's got a lot of that versatility that Steve Spagnuolo looks for. Like Maddie said, for this amoeba secondary, he actually would have been a tier two corner and he's got short arms and and, sh- and he is short. He's only 5'10". So, this is a guy that is a very good athlete. Still looks like a good athlete. He just needs to find the right situation for him. I wouldn't mind if the Chiefs wanted to spend just a little bit of money to kind of upgrade the depth that they have there at safety. I think he could do it, and he'd do it at a high level.
0: All right. Let's talk about a low-tier guy, and it's a guy fresh onto the market. It's Tedrick Thompson, the safety out of Seattle. Uh... The Seahawks saved like two million dollars in cap space to move on from him. Uh, I think he had a labor issue last year, so he had to play through that. Um, so if the Chiefs do wind up grabbing a guy like this, it's probably not going to be for all that much, and he will not count, boys, <laughs> on the compensatory formula.
2: Yeah, and he's more of a free safety type. He's a little bit deeper kind of player, which they definitely need. You know, they they don't have a guy that if Juan Thornhill isn't ready or if he did go down that could play that sort of role. So he makes a little bit of a sense. And the fact that they're moving on from him right now, they're they're not saving a whole heck of a lot. He's coming off of an injury. You can probably buy really low on Dietrich Thompson.
1: My qualm with T.J. Thompson, and this is why I think we kind of have as low tier and why, spoiler, he's not in our best free agent fit coming up, because he's going to be cheap, is I think he's mostly a center fielder. He's mostly a deep safety. He's not the best tackler. He's not the most fluid guy in man coverage. I think he's... Capable of playing a little bit of man coverage. He's capable of doing some other stuff, but he's definitely at his best in deep zones. He actually does is pretty decent in a center field single high role. So, like as a direct backup to Juan Thornhill to come in, maybe you have to play him at the beginning of the season in place of Thornhill if he's still you know working his way back to healthy. Just I don't know if he has the same level of versatility as the rest of the safeties. That being said, it's no He wouldn't be out of place. He could still be the fourth safety in Kansas City. He would still give you the ability to drop down into the slot from time to time or play deep pass, you know, split field looks, or single high, letting Juan form he kick down. There's a use for him. I just don't know if he's quite as versatile as Demarius Randle or the other guys the Chiefs already
0: have. Best free agent fit, Tony Jefferson, who I believe was cut as well. He was from
1: the Baltimore Ravens and now his contract could be all over the place. He was slated to make a fair amount of money this year before they cut him because he was going to cost a fair amount of money, but he's a little bit older. The thing with Tony Jefferson is he's a little bit more specific than these other guys. He's definitely better as a box safety. He's smart enough that he can play deep zones. just, you probably don't want him playing center field a ton or lining up in main coverage against wide receivers often, but he's smart enough to play in the slot to play deep. You know, if he's got some help, The thing with Tony Jefferson is just simply he offers that thumping kind of box presence that Dan Sorensen's there for right now. Just he's probably a little bit better than Dan Sorensen at it. And Sorensen isn't terrible playing deep either. Like all of a sudden you now have four safeties with all these different unique strengths, but all of them are versatile enough to play all over the field. I think that's kind of what the Chiefs are looking for, these versatile guys they can put anywhere on the field at one time.
2: Yeah. And I think everybody maybe forgets a little bit that three years ago, uh, Tony Jefferson got paid a lot of money for a safety and was a guy that everybody was thinking, Oh man, the, the Ravens are really very good. They made a very prudent decision to pay Tony Jefferson. Uh, they cut him three years into a four year deal. Uh, Uh, He had a season-ending ACL last year. He is 28, so it's not like he's ancient. It feels like he's been around longer than that. But he is a guy that's a very, very intelligent player. To run the Ravens coverage schemes, you have to be smart. So he would make a ton of sense as a later guy to just kind of bring in, round out the roster. You'd definitely be demoting Dan Sorensen if you brought in Tony Jefferson, which I don't know if the Chiefs want to do or not. But he does make some sense on the cheat.
0: and I think he makes an improvement on on that Dan Sorensen character. Even though I know that's going to offend some people, um, Dan Dan can stay though. I mean, Dan can stick around still. I, I
2: mean, ain't trying to get rid of Dan Sorensen. Yeah,
0: I'm not trying to get rid of him. I'm just you know maybe maybe we let Tony Jefferson get on the field a little bit. Yeah, he signed a four year, thirty four million dollar contract with the Ravens. The Ravens are incurring four point seven million dollars in dead cap to release him but I think you know I think he does I do think he has more box qualities uh, and it's partially because of his athletic low athletic profile Uh, boys Craig do we sign do the Chiefs sign somebody
2: I don't think so I I just think that unless they're going to come right now for $177 against the cap (laughs) I I don't think that they will I I I think if the Chiefs do decide to make a move and sign a safety, it will be after the draft. Some of these guys that are coming off of injuries like Tony Jefferson make a lot of sense in maybe early July. A guy that they can just bring in on a vet men deal, offer him a one year deal and say, hey, come hang out, prove you're healthy and then get paid next offseason. I think that's really the only way that they're going to pay a safety in this offseason.
1: I'm with Craig. I don't think they're going to be signing a safety in the offseason. If they do, it's going to be another vet minimum guy that probably doesn't really make any waves, and it's probably none of the guys that we just covered here. Besides that, I think if they are looking to add to the safety room, which they actually might be, I think they would look more towards the draft than spending the money that they do not have on a free agent.
0: Yeah, no, they're they're not going to sign someone because they haven't signed anyone. I'm not bitter. The Chiefs won a Super Bowl. I don't care. Let's move on to the draft. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about our favorite prospects at the safety position. Maddie, why don't you lead us off?
1: See, this is a win for me because we're actually looking at our little she here. We're going to talk about all of my favorite safety prospects. So I just get to talk about one of them. But the rest of you guys are talking about... We're going to talk about the rest of them. So this is kind of cool. I'm going to go with Grant Delpit, safety out of LSU. I think the first thing everyone's going to think of when they hear Grant Delpit is how terrible of a tackler he was in 2019. And yeah, I mean, if you're studying Grant Delpit, you have to own the fact that he was a terrible tackler in 2019. Some of it was injuries. He had an ankle injury he suffered earlier in the year and played with. He had a shoulder injury that he was dealing with. It got a little better later in the year. He was also making business decisions, probably because he was banged out. But he was pulling himself away for some tackles that in 2018 he was not. Go back, watch 2018, He may not be an excellent tackler, but he's more than good enough for a safety, and that was evident in 2018. He mixed it up in the box, playing that overhang position plenty, and then just that pure playmaking ability that Grant Delpit brings. He's a top-level athlete. He has sideline-to-sideline range from playing deep. He can kick down the slot, play man coverage against receivers, not just tight ends. He's got great eyes and a feel in zone coverage. Like This guy is going to produce turnovers. He's maybe not a lockdown cover guy in man coverage, but as a zone defender, he can cover so many different places at once with his eyes and his ability to break quickly on the ball. Like He's just one of the top-tier playmakers in this class. Don't get too caught up in just a 2019 film with Grant Delpit.
0: Uh, my guy's Antoine Winfield, and he's a guy that has had an outstanding process so far to help answer some questions that people had about his athletic testing. He actually tested at a pretty high level, um, and he's a, he's a son of a former NFL player, Antoine Winfield Sr., so I think he's actually Antoine Winfield Jr., technically, um, and you can tell. When you watch him, he plays with outstanding instincts. He has a good understanding of routes concepts. Um, he flies to the ball with conviction because he sees it, he gets it, and he just goes. Uh, he's really active and willing to to uh, to close and and be active in the run game. And he has really good ball skills. And he makes really he makes a lot of plays on the football. Uh, and, and not all of it's just because of his athletic ability, because like. He tested well at the Combine. I still think there is some questions about his athleticism. Some of his changes of direction abilities. I still... You know, I don't think they're top tier, even though he tested well at the Combine. Uh, but he makes up for it with really outstanding instincts. Uh, he runs the routes for receivers at times, too. He has enough versatility. He can play in the box. He's a good blitzer. He's active in the run game. He can play deep. He played as a single high at Minnesota. I think there's some questions about if he's going to be able to do that at the NFL level, but... Um, I think his instincts with his instincts, he can get away with it. He's kind of a complete player. There's some injury questions with him too, but uh, a really fun football player. I really enjoyed watching him and his ball
2: production. All right, boys, I talked about him earlier this week, but I'm bringing the chin sanity Woo! back to this. Jeremy chin, 6'3, 221 freakishly long runs a four, 41 inch vertical, just explosive as all get out and a freak tall body plays safety can play in the box can run deep has the range deep has the ball production. This guy can literally do it all. Maddie has talked about his, you know, maybe transitioning him to corner on some snaps just because he's got the length. He's got the footwork. He's got the ability to play that sort of, you know, have that sort of versatility. And, you know, that's common with what we're talking about because that's what Steve Spagnuolo wants. He wants guys that can play all over the field, can slot in wherever the case may be. And Jeremy Chin can do that. He's not going to be in a bad matchup against a tight end because the tight end is a big, freaky, you know, movement dude. He's gonna be able to match him, you know, stride for stride and all that. He does need some work with his processing. He didn't get the best coaching at Southern Illinois. So oh. I, that's, oh, I know, it's shocking. But you're putting him in Steve Spagnolo, you know, Sam Madison's hands, uh, Dave Merritt's hands, having him go out there and learn the game. You don't have to move on from Dan Sorensen. Dan Sorensen starts the season and you get Jeremy Chin up to speed. You can find situations where you can put four safeties on the field because Chin is such a big guy. He can be more of a linebacker role early to get him on the field and then transition. As you move on from Dan Sorensen in the future, you have a guy ready made to step in to all the spots that Steve Spagnuolo likes to play Sorensen.
0: Our best fit in the draft might be cheating a little bit because we think it's the best safety in the draft. (laughs) Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, Craig.
2: Uh, And I just talk about Jeremy Chin being able to do everything. Xavier McKinney can do everything and he does it so well. He is top-notch at everything he does. He's He's an incredibly smart player. He lined up everything at Alabama while he was there. I really like the versatility that he can bring as a box guy, as a split safety role, not a single high role, but as a split safety role next to Juan Thornhill and as a guy that can man up a little bit in the slot. He offers everything that Steve Spagnolo does not have at that other safety position right now because he's a bigger guy. What, you know, they want to use Honey Badger in the slot. Use Xavier McKinney in the other slot as your slot safety. Have him in the box and run support. You're going to succeed in that role because he's not going to be fooled. He's going to be big enough and he knows exactly what to do.
1: With Xavier McKinney, I think the reason he makes the best fit over some of these other guys, they're all very talented, is he is definitely the most proven and like, kind of in the box role out of any of these safeties that we've talked about. Xavier McKinney essentially did everything Isaiah Simmons did. Just no one talks about it because he wasn't a freak athlete. If anything, he I think what he did in terms of a scheme or diversity role is more impressive because he's playing like the mental leader role. He's making all the calls for Alabama's front seven. Isaiah Simmons, while well, he played everywhere and is a fantastic player, and I think if I grade him as a safety, he actually comes out with a better grade than Xavier McKinney. McKinney's IQ and ability to diagnose plays is, Instantly, are so impressive. He can play all over the field. Like Craig said, you might not want him playing single high center field very often, but he can do it in a pinch. He's very good in man coverage split out wide, but he's at his best when he's just allowed to roam into these shallow zones near the near the line of scrimmage. He breaks on plays so much faster than just about any other safety in this class. And I don't mean he's rolling down into the box so he gets a running start on what should be a run. Like he diagnoses the entire play in the blink of an eye and he's making a break to An outside, you know, screen pass that he has no business going towards before any other safety would think about. Like, his IQ is on another level in this class. He would allow the Chiefs to do anything they wanted with their safeties and give them that kind of strong box safety that would be an improvement over Dan Sorensen.
0: Well, I was kind of talked about too, it was like high football character, high football IQ. And that is the makeup of the safety group. I mean, that is what Juan Thornhill. And Tyron Matthew both have really good instincts, good football character. You can ask a lot of that group. If you throw Xavier McKinney into that group, you already can ask a lot of them. They already do ask a lot of them. But if you can, uh, you know, if you can add a guy like Xavier McKinney into the mix as well, that is a dynamic leadership type group. I mean, honestly, all I think all three of those guys could really develop into strong leaders. One of them already is, obviously. Um, let's talk about day three sleepers. Uh let's go with uh Tanner Muse, a out of Clemson. And he's he's kind of a bigger guy. Uh he's I think he was over 220 pounds, played at Clemson, played a lot at Clemson. Uh we think he might even be able to play as like a dime linebacker, Craig.
2: Yeah, yeah. Definitely can play as a dime linebacker. I I would play him there. <laughs> Just <laughs> Straight up, I, I just straight up, I would. I think he fits there right now. They've got Ben Neiman in that role. Tanner Muse is a much more dynamic athlete than Ben Neiman is. I know that also might offend some people that are big <laughs> Ben Neiman fans, but ta- oh, Tanner no. Muse, yeah, yeah, Tanner Muse can move. And see, the funny part is, is uh, Maddie can attest to this. When having Isaiah Simmons conversations with with Jake this offseason, there were several times that we made the comment, hey, Tanner Muse caught that guy before Isaiah Simmons could, you know, just kind of ribbon him a little bit about his athletic profile. Then Tanner Muse comes out and runs a four four one forty. Just yeah, he can move. He, he's got the capability to track guys and coverage a little bit. He's another smart player and he kind of helped fill in some of the stuff that Clemson did with some of their positionless players. I would play him at linebacker specifically in sub packages.
1: So Tanner Muse should never play safety in the NFL. He is a <laughs> linebacker from start to finish. He is the size of a linebacker. He moves like a linebacker. Surprisingly, he is very opportunistic as a safety. He does a good job staying on top of everything as a safety. He is fundamentally sound, but it's just not his game. He's too stiff. He kind of struggles changing of directions for a safety slap him down near the line of scrimmage. He has to learn how to take on blocks. He has to learn how to work through trash like a linebacker. But those are things that you can teach. His athletic profile for a linebacker is very good. Like I said, he has the size. He's a very sure tackler. He would immediately step in to the NFL as one of the better kind of coverage linebackers with his ability to match up with tight ends and play in zone coverage. So we're kind of cheating putting him here in the you know day three safety sleepers because Tanner View should not play safety in the NFL. Not even a safety he should play linebacker but he's a great pick on day three if you're looking for a will linebacker <laughs> that needs to excel in coverage and maybe chase plays down from behind I wonder which teams could be looking for one of those <laughs>
0: Is he? can he put on eight pounds
2: <laughs> I mean, probably, 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 yeah. I, I mean, we're all stuck inside eating everything in our pantries right now. Ken, he's probably already put on eight pounds, guys. Ken, I have bad news. He's, uh, he's an elder.
0: He is. He's almost. He's gonna be twenty-four during his rookie year. I somehow have lost weight and I've eaten terrible. I had Alfredo twice yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's too much information. Uh, That's going to do it for, uh, for this week's position profile. Check us out on Friday with the AP Draft Show. Catch you later.